Hey everyone, if you're a fan of Odd and Bizarre TV, you can join myself, Kevin, and my co-host Ethan as we host our new podcast, Primetime Oddities, available on Apple and Google Podcasts, coming to other podcast platforms very soon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In Star Trek, We Trust. We're going to be talking about San Diego Comic-Con at Home 2020 COVID-19 edition. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined by... Kevin. And we're going to be looking at the Star Trek Universe panel from earlier today, or whatever day it is for you. It's that many days before Yep. that it was since. I think as of this recording, it ended a couple hours ago. Um, so, I don't know. How are you feeling about it? I, I, I think, um, just as, at a high level, I don't think there was as much takeaway from it this year as there was last year. Granted, we are in a pandemic, so... Yeah, I would say yeah. the news is that the Nickelodeon show will be called Star Trek Prodigy. Star Trek Prodigy, also animated. Um, we, I know that over the past year or so we've spent a lot of time discussing Picard the possibility of a Pike show but we didn't really um I don't know if we've given enough time to these animated shows um we have a longer one coming up about Lower Decks because we're only a few weeks away as of this recording from that show premiering Mm -hmm. but this is the first time we actually at least got a title for the animated show that's going on Nickelodeon yes the synopsis Um, also yeah so do you have the synopsis in front of you I don't, but I can paraphrase it. Okay. Um, so why don't you? Let's see. I'm working on it. Uh, so <laughs> something like um, uh, rebellious teens stumble on a Federation ship and use it to get into misadventures across the galaxy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it sounds cool. I Trek, to me, is not... It's kind of the first time Trek is being done for... a audience of kids um i would argue that the animated series original animated series was not geared toward kids even though it was on a saturday morning um cartoon time slot but um i don't know i mean i think you know hopefully it'll bring in a kid-friendly audience um i think like lower decks it's it's definitely some new territory for them to go into um i wouldn't i would say out of all the shows that we have on the slate here i'm kind of that's the one i'm sort of kind of the least excited about i mean i'll check it out but um i don't know i i sounds fine to me if i I was a kid if i was a kid maybe i'd love it i don't know yeah i don't know either i mean i like the original series as a kid you know right you know that was fine for kids i don't think it's sort of so I'm, i'm gonna go on a little miniature miniature rant but it's sort of there's this whole thing in literature for kids and it's you know there's young adult and then there's teen and then there's tween and then there's middle school and then there's elementary school and like there's all these different levels of literature and i don't think it needs to be that differentiated i don't think you know you really need anything different during these two years than the next two years um right and i sort of feel like this show i think it's just it's not for me or you yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, to your point, uh, what you said a little while ago, like the original series 
I mean, as a kid, I didn't have any trouble following it, but I will say I was a weird kid. Um, I've you need more weird kids. Yeah. Um, I was really thinking about the Trek fan base and sort of the age group of the Trek fan base, right? And I don't go to conventions very often, right? But when I have in the past, when I've gone to Trek conventions locally, um, or just any other type of convention that has Trek people there. It's not a spry group, is it? Well, like, I feel like I'm still kind of on the, in a way, kind of on the younger spectrum of the of the fans. Like, but I feel like now I don't actively look, but I feel like I don't see a lot of fans younger than me. Right. Or and like, if I, I think... do, they're not that much younger. Like, I don't see like ten year olds. Right. Right. I, I I always see a couple, and I'm always very happy, but it's yeah. not a lot. And yeah. I think it I think it makes sense. I mean, the shows are sort of not as accessible. And I remember when Discovery was uh, on, and I, so I teach high school, and yeah. we we use Chromebooks, and I would look at my students' Chromebooks, and I would see that they all had banner ads for Discovery hmm. on whatever pages they were on. And my thought was just what a waste because none of these kids are going to go and sign up for a subscription service to see a show that they get a banner ad for. Like it's just not going to enter them. It's not going to hit them culturally. It's just not even going to be. in. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's that, that's that show. I keep seeing those annoying ads for. Yeah. Yeah. Or even it's like, Oh, I heard of star Trek. This looks like new star Trek. They're not going to shell out six ninety nine. I just, I wondered like, and what I wondered about, as far as the fan base age group goes, like I wondered if Star Trek fans were kind of a, and I don't mean it to this extreme, but like, are they a dying breed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is there a generation of Trek fans behind me, right? Yeah. Like, when I got into it, I was very young. I mean, I think I was like, I mean, put it this way, I don't remember not watching it, but I was never introduced to it yeah. by somebody. Here's here's one thing I think is positive to think that there will be. One, the shows, everything but Discovery and Picard are available on every streaming platform practically. Yeah. So that's good. Yep. You have to have it available to be in the cultural conversation. So I think people are discovering it. Plus, there is a certain... There's all, I don't think kids have changed that much that there's not still the oddball types that Star Trek totally appeals to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I do think it's less, but I, I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay, but um, back to the panel at hand here. That was a nice tangent, wasn't it? That was good. That was good. Um, so uh, we start off in the – we had a host. We had Alex Kurtzman, Heather Caden. Um, and the host just kind of asked, like, what's coming up for Trek? Kurtzman started to talk about Strange New Worlds, and I just felt like he was just getting started, and the host cut him off and said, all right, so on to you, Heather. And it just, my brain almost exploded, because he was just starting to get going, saying something. Not that we could have gotten too much, but still, you know, like, when there's a new show coming, you want to hear the person talk about it, they're going to get some vibe of the tone of it or something. Yeah. Um, so, and that sort of made me realize that we were both talking about this a little bit. I kind of feel like these promotional type of cons are not great. 
They're not. And, like... I'm not saying that you need we need to go to these things and spoil us to death, right? But here's the thing. Discovery... Season 3 of Discovery, specifically, is... I mean, it's probably months away at this point. I mean, obviously the COVID pandemic has kind of put a monkey wrench in that a little bit, right? But they're much further along with it than they were, like, at New York Comic Con last fall. So, like, where's my trailer for... Where's my longer extended trailer, right? Where's my where's our release date, right? Yeah, like, especially since, since I think that if had not been for COVID-19 we would be watching Discovery right now. I really right. think that. I mean, they were lucky in the fact that they actually finished production, I yes. think, like, weeks before it happened. So they, they had to move post-production. But, like, think of it like this, too. Back in, I think it was October, right, is when they had New York Comic Con? So back in October, New York Comic Con, they were filming Season 3 of Discovery already. And I think at that point, they were probably, like, maybe two and a half episodes in. And they cut together a trailer that was, like, a minute long. And it's... I pro- I'm sure, like, it was probably just footage all from, like, maybe, like, mostly the first episode, maybe maybe a little bit of the second one. Yeah. But there was a trailer nonetheless. Right. Okay, and they, they could have given us a great trailer because they're done with all the filming. They're probably done with all the effects. Isn't it only the music that they're waiting for? Yeah, which is, by all accounts, the reason for the delay. But, like, surely, people, you're able to kind of get us. Now, CBS could just drop a trailer any time, right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's but, especially since this is not... The Comic-Con of old. But given what you said, though, this is Comic-Con, right? right? This is a promotional tool, so why are you not... Yeah. I yeah. thought I thought at least we would get some sense as to when that show um, was coming. Right. When yeah. season three was coming. Yeah. I just sort of find that, in general, you go to these because you're a big fan of things. Yeah. And then they're so just promotional and so... Um, just surface level. Yeah. Because they don't, they're just kind of trying to reach a wider audience or something that mm. it, it's, it's just, it's not really worth it. And, you know, I loved having the experience of going and seeing the, the discovery cast at New York comic con at um, right. Madison square gardens theater, but I didn't really have to be there at all. And that was when I luckily for a, a Hollywood benefactor, I was able to go in with a, um, VIP pass and even that experience was good but it was I couldn't imagine going paying waiting in line to see these quick promotional panels where they're kind of like hurrying on to the next thing I think it's more about at this point the thrill of seeing the people for on the show for real but like you're not getting anything at least for this one I mean you're not really getting anything new and like i'm not saying like i'm some kind of like entitled fan but i mean yeah yeah, no info on season three of discovery you know it's a term is pro forma yeah almost like oh we're supposed to have a panel what can we do Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll throw a bunch of crap together we'll read we'll read the finale from last season we'll throw a trailer for um and we know how much uh, we love that finale and you and i loved that finale right yeah we'll have a quick talk we'll get Stuart out there he'll talk for a couple minutes you know it seemed like really slapdash um and so yeah so those these kind of cons mm. now those cons that are more focused 
like we were talking about, can probably be more fun. I've only been to one Star Trek convention, and it was very small. Right. And I got to see Patrick Stewart, as I've told many times, talk about his horses for 40 minutes. Oh, you mean William didn't Shatner. Star William, Trek William, once. You mean William Shatner, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. William Shatner. So he did yeah. not mention Star Trek once. I just want to make sure everyone understands this. He came out. Everybody cheered at a Star Trek convention. Yeah. And he proceeded to talk about his horses for 40 minutes. Didn't say a single word about Star Trek until they started asking questions. Yeah. And the questions were not good. That's another thing, right? So well, they were the thing. questions that you probably would expect anyway, right? Yes, but now, now I'm really going here. So <laughs> here's another problem with these things. So they, they have a, a, a host. Often the host doesn't really know a lot about what they're asking because they need to have like an MC type, you know? Yep. So sometimes they'll get someone that actually knows, and that's good. But here's the other thing. Even if the host is asking good questions, and even if they're getting good discussion going, then all of a sudden, oh, we got to make sure we have time for fan questions. we got some questions coming in on Twitter here. So what's it like mm. working with Sir Patrick? And it's mm. like, come on, man. We're just finally starting to talk about something interesting. You and I were talking earlier. We had, a, we had kind of like a production meeting over the phone, and we were talking about – you were telling me about what they were doing with the uh, Strange New Worlds thing and what you had said a few minutes ago. And – the point I made was that I said, well, you know, I think I said, not that I would want spoilers of that show. I said, but they only announced it two months ago. Right. So what I I was actually surprised that they would even mention anything at all. Maybe they'll just give us like a footnote, be like, Oh yeah, this is happening. And that's that like, this is the status update. Right. But I, but I think just to reiterate what I was saying on the phone for those who were not on the phone, which is all the listeners. Um, well, actually, maybe even before you do that, I should actually mention what was said about it, which is that oh, they've yeah, broken yeah, 10 do. episodes. Yep. So Kurtzman yep. said they've broken 10 episodes. They have a writer's room. Um, they've broken 10 episodes. Everybody's, And then he started to say how. But really the greatest thing, he said, oh, we listened to the fans that really wanted this. Yep. Um, and then he started to say how everyone, the best thing about it is the cast and the crew, and everyone is really excited to work on it. And it, you could tell he was like, building up to an anecdote or he's going to tell some story about how into it they are. And as soon as he said, they're really excited to be working on the show, that's when he got cut off. So that was why I was complaining. Yeah. And really, I think I felt, I felt an anecdote coming, you know, like on the first day when they came out that, you know, yeah. something. Well, they're probably um, not filming yet. So, <laughs> um, Oh yeah, that's true. I, but I, I get the writers, the writers. But when you really think about it, think about it this way, in my opinion, we already know, like, I don't know what else I, at this point I would want to know about that show because I feel like we would get into spoilery territory anyway. Because I think that we we already know a lot about it, right? Just due to the fact that we know it's going to center on Pike, number one, Spock, the Enterprise. We know that the writer's room had been assembled. We knew, we, we'd actually known that anyway. Um, and then... We know that they wanted to kind of tell self-contained storylines. But, like, I don't want to know what stories they're going to be telling because I don't want that to me as a spoiler. But, like, you know, maybe is it, you know, is Dr. Boyce going to be there? Like, who else? Who's the rest of the crew? Right? Like, yeah, that's things like that. I don't know. Beyond that, I don't think there's really anything I'd want to know because I think I'd be get it. We'd be getting into spoiler territory at that point. I don't know. I mean, yeah. they could have said, "Hey, the Andorians are are you know we're gonna be uh, tits deep in Andorians in this show." They could have said that. Yeah. 
and I would have been really happy or something. But then another thing is, so I don't believe I'm going to quote um, Donald Rumsfeld right now, but I am. So there are known knowns. There are things that you know already, like you just said. Then there are known unknowns. So okay. we know we 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 know we don't know what the storylines are going to be. But then there are unknown unknowns that you don't even know that you don't know. So we could have got some more unknown unknowns, you know? They could have teased something that would not have been a spoiler and just said, like, oh, we're going to be visiting, like, a familiar giant president in space or something. <laughs> that would have been a spoiler. But you know what I mean. There could have been something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If they had shown, like, maybe some concept art and they showed, like, Oh, look, Space Station K7, the one from The Trouble with Tribbles, right? Like, something like that. Because, yeah. I, or they could have said, oh, by the way, Rain Wilson's, uh, we can't wait to see Rain Wilson again, you know. There could yeah. have been a lot of little things. But yeah, and I, think, I think it's really going to come down to what that show is like, what is the, what's the level of fan service they're going to have? Because the whole show, in my opinion, is fan service. The, the entire fucking I, show is fan service. I just see though that term is more like I, I see that term more as when it's it's a weird term. I know, I and I, I this is a sort of a negative connotation to that, so I don't and I don't mean it that way. Um, yeah, I see it as like in I always go to this one in in Rogue One when the two alien dudes from the cantina walked yeah. by and they just like bumped into Jin Erso or something, and you were like, oh wow, look, it's the cantina guys. Like I think that's fan service, but where see, it's just quick and nothing but i see a relation there in some ways because even though strange new worlds is yet again a prequel i think it's like rogue one in the sense of its connective tissue this is the show this show is interlocked with the original series yes right so even i mean even though it doesn't take place what is it days before the original series right but it's going to be the one, like, before this show and Discovery, I mean, it was Enterprise. Enterprise was the prequel and the one that was really kind of bridging that gap, right? But now you had Discovery doing it, at least for two seasons, but now you have Strange New Worlds kind of picking up that slack and continuing with it. So, and I yeah. think, and, and, and I think theoretically now, we could be totally wrong in this, but I've seen nobody else say anything to the contrary. More than likely... Strange New Worlds is going to end with Pike handing command over to Kirk. Maybe. But wait, wait. Right. We're going to be far afield from what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. So, but my only point was that I could see it being fan servicey if, like, they're walking and you see someone in the, walks by that has, like, half of his face white and half of his face black and he just bumps yeah. into Anton Mount and says, like, oh, hello, sir, and he keeps walking. Maybe. That's fan service, where it's just it's there for you to say, "Hey, I know what that is." Yeah. Okay. That's. Whereas, yeah. That's in what my I was opinion, say. no, so you're right because I was gonna. You, I was if gonna. You get a good story about one of those people. That you're way. right because I was gonna follow that up and say, if you're just throwing it in there for the sake of it, then what the hell? But if it's there for a reason that yes. makes sense, then fine. But like, Agreed. and remember, I was saying that about Picard, right? Like way, way early. I'm just like, okay, Seven of Nine's gonna be there, but. Is there a reason why she's going to be there? Or is it just like, hey, look, Seven of Nine. Like, what is the yeah. reason she's there? And yeah. as long as you have a reason for that, if it's just there for the, like, the sake of just being there for the background, like the two guys in the cantina, right? So you that's can say, hey. I mean, it doesn't... I'll say this much, too, though. It, it kind of goes both ways. It doesn't hurt anything. 
like you saw the Millennium Falcon in Revenge of the Sith, you're like, oh, hey, look. It doesn't hurt anything, but at the same yeah. time, it's like... But that was more like... Want... An, see, that was a, see, that crossed line into an Easter egg, because you really had to look yeah. hard, and it was barely there. And you need to determine what and it that was, line it was, is. It was a not unstandard type of a Corellian, like, heavy freighter thing, so I think there could have been other ships that looked pretty similar. You know what? Maybe it's considered fan service. Modifications. Maybe it's considered fan service if the movie or respective TV show that it's in, people hate. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just think... I mean, if you think about it, it's almost impossible for any... People hate Star Wars now, right? Who knows? It's almost impossible for any franchise to not have quote-unquote fan service. You know, because right. you obviously you're that's the whole point. Like when you see a movie that's in the DC universe, you don't do it just for kicks. You do it because you you gonna see things that are right. You know well, that you know. And even though, like, say, season one of Discovery takes place in the prime timeline, you want to see something familiar to at least know, like, okay, yes, this takes place at such and such a time. Yeah, and you, you want, know, everyone yeah. fan service is so bad. Well, it could be argued that in The Last Jedi, um, you know, they went for, well, let's do nothing that the fans want or expect. Yeah. And then people freaked out because of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, fan service is a longer conversation. It's a it's a fine line, and, like, it's really just, I think it's really just how you interpret its use. And yeah. even yeah. then, like, there are just these layers that you just keep saying, nope, that sucks, that's shitty fan service, and that's right. So it's like... I think it just all comes back to how you feel about what it is that that fan service is in. Yes, I think I will quote another um, figure. I think, I quote, I think it was Chief Justice Earl Warren, maybe, in, talk, in the Supreme Court talking about pornography versus art. And he said, um, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. I'm talking about pornography. Hmm. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So... Um, but since we already talked about Strange New Worlds, I think it would make sense to talk about what the cast said because so yeah, um, yeah. after the whole Discovery cast talked, they just kept behind Peck and I keep wanting to call her Stamos. She's not she's not a Stamos anymore. She's an O'Connell or whatever. Um, I don't even get why they why they're there now. Like why? I mean, I know Ensign Mount and Rebecca Romaine were like feet and Peck were in season two of Discovery, but like. Well, because they were doing a table read of season two finale, and they were oh, in right, it. Oh, right, right. Well, they've, yeah, you're right. But they've been at other things, too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, and then, yeah, Peck and, and... So, they were talking to them, and um, here's the tidbits. Anson Mount said that uh, they were asked, you know, like, at the end of Discovery season two, where were your characters kind of mentally? And Mount talked about how um, Pike now knows he's got a expiration date. So to speak, not really. I mean, he's just going to be paralyzed. He, I guess he doesn't know how long he's going to live he after his fate. He knows what happens. He knows he's no going to be in bad shape. Yeah. So he's sort of struggling with well, how does he make sure he doesn't give in to like anger and bitterness and make the most of the time that he has left. Mm. And he said that he hopes right now he's facing it alone and he hopes that he can like reach out to friends for support and whatnot. So, you know, two things there. Does that mean we're going to get? That's really interesting. A different Pike. <clears throat> yeah, Are we gonna get really like a torn, tortured, uh, angsty Pike? 
Yeah, because we don't see... Even though in Discovery he sees the future, we don't really see it beyond when he was on that Klingon planet. We don't really see anything about it after that, right? We don't see him grapple with it. We don't see him... Yeah, he doesn't, there's he like doesn't that, tell anyone. There's like that moment in the finale when Admiral Cornwell says, whatever your future is, Chris, I know you can handle it. And, yeah, and, and he's, you as the viewer are like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. And he's probably thinking, I don't know if I can. But it's And it's something I never considered, right? Does he... Does he confide in number one? Does he tell anybody what's going to happen? Does he even um, believe that it's going to happen? Right? I can assume he does. Only because those time crystals seem pretty um, useful. Right. You know, um, as you know, I've become... I I think I put it this way. So my enthusiasm for all this new Star Trek has become more, you know, before it was pure excitement. You know me. You know me, because I drag you to every DC Universe movie, because I always say, this is the one that's going to be good. Right. I, I hope springs eternal for You me. were right eventually. I right, I was right eventually. In Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So, well, starting this Trek, I, you know, it was my usual enthusiasm and excitement, but I've become much more guarded now. So there's two that? things... I've been burned, man. Oh, like disappointed? Yes, yes. Mm. So, there's two things that worry me about Strange New Worlds. Okay. One, this idea that they'll try to make Pike have to deal with this tortured psychological whatever. Right. Now, granted, he's the actor. I don't know how much they're consulting him. He's not Sir Patrick, so I don't know that he gets to uh, sit in on the writer room or anything. It could be interesting, though. It could be an interesting approach, but yeah. if but done if right, of course. For, if we're looking for standalone episodes, I don't yeah. think we want tortured psychological trauma. Well, yeah, and I think it also goes back to... You've brought this up several times, and it was the, the, the city on the edge of forever thing that Kurtzman said. Okay, Edith Keeler dies, Kirk's over it by the next episode. Right, right. Like, but, but then, I, as as you know, the very critical who I often disagree with, but as Red Letter Media said, who the hell would want to watch him for a whole season mourning a lady? Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, even though Strange New Worlds may not be doing the seasonal arc approach like the other shows have done, I hope so. If they're going to do standalone stories, fine. I'm for that. But, I mean, I've seen a reason why you can't tell an arc-based story in a, in smaller in a smaller way, like just with the characters, right? right. Like that's kind of your that's just kind of not necessarily the B story, but like you know, Pike could you know, yeah, the next I adventure could just think, be the next day, right? Yeah, I just think though, if this is the show that's supposed to be more light, more fun, more optimistic, and then they try to work in someone's awareness of their impending, you know, paralyzation and, and burning off of their face. And he's trying to come to grips with the fact that he knows he's going to have his body completely mangled. Right. That doesn't fit. Now that might not be true, but here's my second one. The second one is, and I talked about this, I think here's where Star Trek comes. I mean, not Star Trek, Twilight Zone comes in a little bit. Right. So the original series was not 
a writing room of a few people. The original series had Harlan Ellison would write one, right? Someone would adapt a short story that they had written that had been published in some sci-fi pulp magazine, and they would turn it into a Star Trek episode. They didn't, they didn't have a staff of writers. They had right. people just kind of, yeah. And I think that's how they were able to get such crazy and cool different stories from all these different types of, um, you know, seemingly wacky, wacky stuff and cre- really creative stuff and different stuff. Um, and the only Trek show to do that, I believe. I don't think next. Yeah. Ne- I mean, next gen had a kind of family of writers, but, um, right. but they also did have their incredible thing of anyone could send in a script and they would read it. Right. So they bring in people and have like guests, but mm. I just feel that. And I think this is what Twilight Zone does well. The latest season of Twilight Zone, they have, I forget his name, but there's a, you know, a horror director that's done films, wrote and directed, directed one of the episodes. Jordan Peele. Obviously, that's an anthology show, so it's different, but you know, you Jordan, have like all these different writers. You're talking about Jordan Peele? Uh, no, it was... Um, the, he, he, he wrote also wrote and directed Gretel and Hansel. Oh, okay. So you're saying like... Different people come in. One guy was a... He wrote for... I think like he was a writer for Mad TV and the Key mm. and Peele show, but he wrote one of the Twilight Zone episodes. So you're getting all these different perspectives, yeah, different ideas, where I've, mm. I'm just worried that a writer's room... Yeah, that's what you mean. How can I say this without sounding like a... Well, no, you're saying that in order to keep the show like as fresh and maybe as self-contained as possible... And varied. Y- and varied, you bring in... Like, you have to have multiple, yeah. Yeah, if you have ten episodes, you have you bring in ten people, ten writers, and each right. of them has, like, the greatest idea they've ever thought of. Right, now... Because you know? not everybody's full of 25 great ideas. Right. Now, right. here's the other thing, though. Now, this hmm. is the part where I'll maybe sound like a hater, but as I said, it's evidence-based. So, we... Uh, I'm not a hater, you know, I judge it as it is, but we already people know say that people say that right before they go on to say something <laughs> hateful. I we know. already I know that know. Alex Kurtzman has put together a writing room that overlooked so many glaringly obvious things from season two of Discovery that just made no sense. Right. And right. had the expositional drops that came out of the clear blue sky. Yeah. With no lead up. They had so many things that never were set up earlier to pay off later. Hmm. So I'm just concerned that My, so in his in his talent assessment. I agree. I actually agree. And, but because my concern was when when Discovery flew into the future. Nine hundred nine hundred and thirty years into the future. We were discussing this on I think on the seasonal wrap up of that. Since they did a table read of the finale, it's totally fitting to talk about it again. To me, it at least it came it came off like they were because they kept saying leading up to that episode the the cast and crew kept saying leading up to that was once the season's over we're going to be synced up with canon, which didn't end up being true anyway because that's not what that meant. But there was this conversation. They were making it seem like canon was an issue for them. Right. Like a big time issue. And the way I interpreted it as the ending, which was syncing up with canon, which wasn't syncing up, it just ran away. 
that to me told me, okay, clearly they don't want to... Like, Brian Fuller created the show, and he said it at this point in time. But if we could go back in time and take him out of the equation and have somebody else create the show, maybe they would have actually stuck it 930 years in the future from the beginning, right? So what I'm saying is, it seemed to me that when they keep saying it's going to sync up with canon, or canon seemed to be an issue, they were trying... They were trying to just get out of it somehow and just wanted to get away from the constraints that canon was seemed to be giving them. Which and they did it in such a ham fisted way. Which you even that's how you put it back then too. Ham fisted. Okay, yeah. I think so, yeah. Because um, it was um right. Oh so, well why did nobody talk about it's like they were answering all the fan questions. Like they went on Reddit and they found right. all the questions that people were annoyed about and they were like, Oh, we'll just So it's yeah. So it seemed to it came off to me that canon was an issue for them that they were maybe trying to tell stories that canon was not allowing them to do. I think they wanted to tell big stories that they just weren't able to do in that timeline, right? So my worry, fear ha- has been, and I guess in some ways continues to be now that the show's official. Is that going to be a problem now for them? Because they can't. Right. They can't throw him in the future. I mean, put it this way. Well, okay. Now, actually, technically they could, because we don't know what happens. All we know is that it has to get to that endpoint to giving Kirk command. Yeah. What happens between that... So, like, in other words, maybe they could go to the future, but they have to come back, right? <laughs> yeah. So, whether canon is an issue for them or not, I don't know. It seemed like it was. All so I'm now saying is it all over again. now that right. So whatever they thought they were getting away from in Discovery, mm-hmm. with regards to canon, is now something that they have to once again put up with. But I think a way around that is like you're not doing a show that's all about canon. Like enough canon or fan service is setting it on the Enterprise with Pike, Spock, Number One. If you're just out exploring space, yeah, there are things you can't do. Like, you can't do the Romulans, right, in some ways. But, like, there are definitely things you have to adhere from. But they can go out and explore space. They can go out and find Jimmy Carter sitting on a throne in the middle of nowhere. Like, they can do that stuff, right? Like, so, put them out in space, like, on a five-year mission of exploration. Keep them away from like Earth and the politicking and the Federation and all that stuff, keep them away from the points in the timeline where canon could potentially be an issue. I, it's my opinion, if you're just doing exploration, you're fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I, here's the thing. And I'm not a hater. <laughs> Discovery just, for some reason, didn't want to deal with that, and I don't know why. Right. And plus, I don't know. So having someone who teaches a different type of writing and has tried my hand at writing creatively and different things. I I would just see that it's almost as if when you look at a blank page to write, if you have every option in front of you, it's hard to nail it down, right? To like focus on one. But when you have certain parameters set because, well, we can't do that because this thing, I, yeah, I don't know. Just if you, just if you, they, I don't see why they, it would be such a big problem in Discovery either. I mean, well, I, just, just yeah. you know, 
you're getting paid to write a show that's set in a universe that already has some stuff going on. You should expect that you have to make it line up with some stuff. I mean, I'll say this, right? And I'm not a hater, I'm not a hater either. But uh, the way I've come to describe Discovery is it's a Star Trek show. I enjoy it. But it's a Star Trek show with a massive personality disorder. It's a show that doesn't know what it wants to be. It's a show that is constantly resetting itself, rebooting itself. It's a show, it doesn't, I don't know, I don't know what the plot, I do not know how I would describe the plot of that show to anybody. So, Discovery was sort of on a frantic kind of, like, frenzy to find itself. Yeah, it's been like three different shows, maybe four. Yeah, and so I think Pike, a Pike show, even though we don't know the specifics yet, I mean, I, we know what the show is. It's about Pike commanding the Enterprise right before Kirk. And if all he's doing is taking him out on a five-year mission of exploration far away from Federation space, fine. Yeah. Right? Fine. Yeah. So I, I just, I have a feeling they're going to try to make that show very much like the original series. I hope right? so. I hope. I just hope that they trust the the, I want to say formula, which sounds bad, but I just hope they trust like the the just trust Star Trek. Well, you know, I don't. I, that's what I think they haven't been doing is trusting Star Trek. That's why I, I feel like they gotta fling them here, they gotta fling them into the mirror universe, they gotta fling them over there, they gotta fling them into the future because they don't trust just like have your crew do some stuff. Well, and also don't forget, like I would say that the pressure is on for the Pike Show only because you're dealing with a show now that ha- that features all legacy characters. And features the hero ship, the original Enterprise, right? So, like, I mean, I would say the pressure is on in a lot of ways. Um, I just, I think they need to do a show more like, more akin to the original series and the next generation, where you're just out exploring space. And again, there are some rules to abide by as far as canon is concerned. You can't encounter these people, you can't encounter those people. But that's fine, because it gives them an opportunity to invent their own stuff. It sort of gives them, in a way, it's almost like doing Enterprise again. Right? Like, I mean, granted, we didn't know who the fuck the Suliban were, and we've never heard of, heard of them again. But... In a way, maybe we'll see the Suliban. Maybe we'll see the Zin- some Zindi. And that's the other thing. Like, they can actually take a lot of some of the unresolved threads of Enterprise and like what, you know, can't you, can't you tell a story about the Denobulans joining the Federation if they're not in the Federation? You know, Flux, could we see Flux? Like, could we, I mean, one thing that kind of excites me is like, we can actually see what became of the Kelpians. What happened with the Kelpians now, now that they've kind of overtaken the Ba'ul? Right, as we saw at the end of Discovery, season two. Like, what happened to them? Like, so there's definitely... I think there are definitely things to do. I just don't think... I think Discovery, the writers, made it more difficult than they needed to. Do, than they needed to. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it was all self-inflicted in a lot of ways. Completely. We knew that once they passed, especially when they had the law. Right. And, and by the way, they're not going to be the same writers. I mean, Akiva no, Goldsman. So. Akiva Goldsman wrote the pilot for Strange New Worlds. This is the guy who's the co-creator of Picard. Okay, right. so I mean, you liked season one of Picard very much. We very liked much. Se- we liked season two of Discovery up to a point. 
Um, yeah. But you liked yeah. season one of Discovery more, I think, right? Yeah. So I think we're maybe a quarter of the way. We got to assume that they don't think they still don't think there's anything wrong with the finale of Discovery because they were right. doing a table read of it. Right. Whereas, shouldn't they all be embarrassed? <laughs> I'm sorry, but now that all those things have been pointed out to them, oh yeah, you know what? They actually didn't have to go as into as we have said. As we have said, it only makes it all the more frustrating when you realize that all of those problems with that finale could have easily, easily, easily been addressed by one extra well, line of dialogue or maybe one more scene. Well, it would have been improved. A fair amount. A fair amount. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you can't make up for, like, the confusing nature of it in the middle of a season. Well, again, the biggest one... Control's dead. Okay, stop. Why are we still going? Yeah, why are we still going to the future? Yeah. And why are we bringing what is left of Control with us? Yeah. But that's a simple, in my opinion, they're ca- and it would have been the perfect Star Trek way of doing it. They're caught, they in, the gra- they're caught yeah. in the gravitational pull of the quantum singularity, and I can't turn us around. Yes, exactly. Right. Past the point of no return. Would, to pull them back now would tear the ship apart. I, 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 I'm but, going to be really upset when we finally get to see season one of episode one of season three, like eight years from now. Um, <laughs> if someone doesn't say, dude, why didn't we just turn back? Yeah. Like, is somebody going to say, okay, like, can we go back now? Like, we you know can go what? back, right? If they have, like, I don't get why it's a one way trip. Yeah. Well, and also knowing that, knowing that it seemed, well, we, we assume maybe that some things that happened in discovery season two were because, they looked at what people were saying and said, well, we need to fix this. As far as they want to know why they don't talk about discovery, well, we'll make it illegal. Um, yeah. yeah. That because... makes throw in someone saying a character, like asking and someone saying, well, by that point it was too late. We couldn't go well, back. Because we're like, okay, the 930 is in the future by now. We know that established on enterprise time travel does exist at that point. So yeah, I'll be more upset. If somebody at least doesn't broach the subject of, can we go home? Yeah, because like, you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna wind up. Another. Remember how long it took him to make the angel suit? How long did that take? Five minutes. Right. When they well, made the second one. Well, they need the early five minutes to make an, to make one. Using the power of the spore drive, which, you know, again. Oh, yeah. They will get power for it as the plot requires. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. So somebody at least has to say. Yes. Why are we here? <laughs> Why did we stop? And... and by the way, you brought control with you. Yeah. Let's talk briefly about the. We haven't really dedicated much time to the upcoming Star Trek Lower Decks, and I think between um, this recording and our last recording, I think our la- was our last recording the Strange New Worlds episode. Oh no, it was Voyager. It was the 20th anniversary of Voyager. Yeah. Um, they've actually uh, finally given us. Everything we need to know almost about Lower Decks when it's coming out, um, finally, which is August 6th. I keep wanting to say the 8th. I don't know if it's it's one of those two. Um, mm-hmm. And they've released a trailer, and they released the first clip today. Um, I think we're going to do, obviously, a deeper dive on the show when it actually premieres. We're going to you know, talk about the animated series leading up to it as well. But um, what did you think of the clip that they revealed for the show. 
I thought that it was enjoyable. Um, I thought it was it was pretty funny, you know. Yep. Um, and I think that it's well. So here's the thing. So there's a show that I watched called Harley Quinn, and it's an animated DC show, <clears throat> and the animation style, the voice acting style, and the even somewhat the humor style is so similar, and the art style too, so similar to this show. But I have a feeling it's going to be like that. And if it is, I think fans are going to be pretty pissed off. Because Harley Quinn does not care about... Um, it's sort of like anything for a laugh, you know? So, for yeah. instance, Commissioner Gordon is like this washed-up alcoholic who sort of just wants Batman's approval. Uh-huh. And it's sort of hilarious because he's always asking him when they have a mission or something, like, you want to go get a beer or something after this? And Batman's always blowing him off. Mm. So he's really, like, desperate to get his attention. Like, little things like that where they'll take a character and it's, or a situation and it's just, like, whatever's funny. Yeah, I mean... If I, it fits with anything. I think... So one thing I know about the show is that they're not going to, like, be making fun of Trek. Like, Trek's not going to be the, the punchline of every joke. I'm sure there will be moments where they make fun of things. But, um... I did like the scene a lot. I I I'm definitely embracing it because I think like I was saying earlier about the Nickelodeon Nickelodeon show, this is new territory and I think I want to see where they take this. Um I just hope that what we saw like the way I don't know what her I don't know what that character's name is, the um the chick with the back the bat left. Mhm. I don't. I just hope everybody on the show is not like that. Well, we, I think we already saw a contrast between right two of them. Yeah, where he was more like you could tell that guy, and he the act voice actor even said it. His character really is about um, he's very into being promoted and like being respected by the command crew. Yeah, and so he his whole thing is like if I follow every rule and every regulation to the letter, I will excel. Right. So and they're clearly going to be the the opposites. And she's probably going to she's be the one. A, yeah, she's just a... Where, like... Screw it, I'm having fun. But she's also probably going to be that one character who, like, is going to potentially ruin it for him. Right? Like, right. oh my god, she's going to keep me from... Yeah. Um, or, her very... The very thing that makes her sort of a loose cannon might also make her very good in stressful situations. Right. Right. I, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to the show. I actually really... Um, want to see how they take this this is kind of the uh the rogue one mentality for me because like i want i mean really at, at its base like this is new i don't know what i'm going to see when i sit down to watch this um and that's how i felt when we went to, when we went to go see rogue one right like i went into this movie because it was like in many ways it was an experimental Star Wars movie, right? It was, yes, it took place in the Star Wars universe, but, like, we've never seen anything like this. And I'm, that's the sense I'm getting from Lower Decks. I want to see them really see if they can make this funny. Um, but I'm along for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I don't know, like, don't make fun of my truck. Truck's not supposed to be funny. Like, I, I, you know, 
where Trek has been funny in the past is out of the situations. Like, it's not... It wasn't... The reason why The Voyage Home is so good, it, they're not writing jokes. It's out of the absurdity of the situation. Right. right. But this show is writing jokes. This show is writing jokes. Um, yeah. But a lot just, of... Yeah. It's just... It, it's... My feeling is, like, it's sort of just... It's using the familiar setup in the universe and the things that we know, and it's putting humor into it, which makes it even more funny because we know the world and we know how sort of out of place all this craziness is this is what excites me about it though if you want to talk about fan service um yeah this can do all the fan service at once because it's silly well not only that but like imagine this so it's animated right it is you can go to deep space nine and get armin shimmerman to voice quark because you don't need to show him you just need to draw you just need his voice right you can give me the doctor from voyager just yeah. have Robert Picardo voice him. Like mm-hmm. that's. I, I know people like to make age a factor for whatever reason, even though it's unavoidable. But like, all you need is their voice, right? So you yeah. could. They could go to Deep Space Nine. They could run into if Voyager is still in service. I don't know. Um, and the thing is, the show takes place after Nemesis, so it's not like it's taking place during the Picard time, right? right. So they could still. Patrick Stewart's working on Picard, right? So like, yeah. so that's Pat, so let me let me Pat, just come on in this. and do a voice for us, right? We want to so run the Enterprise. Yeah. So they asked all the actors what was their favorite like episode or moment or something, and some of them were beeped out, and it just said spoilers. Hmm. And it sounded like they were talking about a specific guest star, and my thought was maybe it's Picard. Yeah. Because he's done American Dad. Right. He's done just comedy voiceover. Well, and he's and... in the Kurtzman, he's in the Kurtzman truck family too. Yeah. So that was my was one of my thoughts. Yeah. Um But it was interesting. Now one thing that was interesting that we I don't think we saw the captain at all in this preview, but the captain spoke, um, the actor who voices the captain. We see her in the trailer. I know that much. Okay. Yeah. He's very much like uh, what was that captain from Futurama? The space captain. Fry. Hmm? Fry. Oh, no, so the guy who was oh, sort of like... Oh, a, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was sort of like... Uh, the cheesy uh, space here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're pumped about, yeah. up Shatner yep. in his most cringing yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, he sort of has that vibe. And he was saying how he's kind of, as a captain, he, he, um, he sort of is like a going guns blazing every time. Like when he's on the bridge and they say, uh, sir, the ship is hailing us he'll say, fire the torpedoes will be his reaction, you know? Mm. So, um, that was interesting. And obviously that's someone like that would never be a captain in Starfleet. Right. So, you know, it's going to not fit in nicely. It's going to be just, it's going to be canon though. It's going to be, who gives a fuck? (laughs) It's just going to be light and fun yeah. and comedic. Because, okay, so if that's canon, then I want to know, how did this captain ever get promoted? If they want to say that it's all canon. But mm. anyway, I haven't seen the show yet. What am I talking about? Sorry. I was wondering, though. I'm going to enjoy it. I am wondering, though, like, are they going to do... Because you were telling me they were doing this on Rebels, I think. Didn't they? Didn't one of the animated Star Wars shows make reference to characters in Rogue One? Um, so the characters from Rogue One 
or vice I mean, the characters from Rebels showed up on Rogue One, were mentioned by name, and one of them you could see in the background, and you could see their ship. So, I wonder if, like, on Picard, because Picard's like 20 years after this, like, is he going to name drop any of them, and you find out one of them is like a captain at this point, or something like that, right? Are we going to get some kind of, like, connective tissue there? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. It would be spoilery, of course, but yeah. Yeah. And Rebels has a more serious tone than this. Rebels is not a, like, comedy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I don't know if Picard would take the comedy turn. I just feel like would they just name drop... Just drop somebody's name from the show, right? Or just right. mention the ship or something like that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm... As I said, I'm along for the ride. I'm not going to be... I'm not a hater. I'm not going to hate it right away. Um, yeah, I mean, especially when it's this light and just goofy and funny. I'll be really interested how we're going to cover this on the podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 that will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but I thought it was great. I mean, it was hilarious. She's drunk on, what was it, Romulan whiskey? Romulan whiskey. Oh, yeah, okay. So you want to talk about haters, right? Somebody on the YouTube, on YouTube, in the YouTube comments. It's Romulan ale. Yeah, they said Romulans are supposed to have ale. And I just commented, like, are they not allowed to have any other types of beverages? My question, yeah, would be like, uh, where on earth is there, how many drinks can you order when you go into a bar? Exactly. Are Romulans not allowed to have anything other than whiskey? Mm. I can't believe someone said that. Ah, boy. And what do they say? See, they don't watch Star Trek. Me. I know. know, It's like... It never ends. never ends. Wow. Okay. Um, I just wish that we could just make bots that would respond to haters, and they could, like, make a fake internet for them to use, (laughs) and bots would just get mad at them, and then they could fight with the bots. (laughs) Okay. Why not? So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be funny. Um, and I like that type of humor where it's really like just wild. She's drunk. She's like, well, you know, she's going crazy. Oh, it's a bat lift. Wah, wah, wah. She's being really goofy. Yeah. Uh, cuts his leg. It's great. It's fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think, um, as I said, it'll be... I think it'll be interesting when we cover the, uh, when we cover the episodes of that show because we're not going to... I don't think we're going to be... We're not going to be. I don't think it's going to be one continuous story arc. We're not going to be digging into the lore and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, I'll be. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be more like Easter yeah. egg spotting, right? And then you know, just talking about how funny it is. Hopefully. Well, to your point, we were talking about this on. I don't know what podcast it was, but we were saying like it's difficult to say to talk about something for a long t- period of time when it's good. Yes, it's or if it's or if it's funny, you. right? Like, how do you? Right, because we, we on our television um, uh, primetime oddities. Primetime oddities. Because we watched what was it that was really good? Police Squad and Angie Tribeca. Oh, that's it. Yes. We both had great things to say about them, but it yeah. was like it was harder to talk after about like fifty minutes. Right. We're like, yeah, they were great. What, <laughs> what else did we say? So I think for this, it's going to be a case of like finding what our favorite jokes were and just repeating them. So I don't know. <laughs> that I, worked. You know, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'll apologize yeah. now to the viewers, to the listeners, if we're not as entertaining on that one because no, no, we're gonna we're gonna be great. We'll try. Mm. We'll do our best. We're definitely gonna be great. Um, but here's one thing: so the actors all seem to be really into it. Um, 
you know, they definitely were having fun making the show and they had like a good rapport with each other. So I think it's going to be an enjoyable show. I really do. And those are my only notes. From that. As I said, it's new territory. And um, I think during a pandemic, it's the one truck show you can do because you can, you don't need a set. You just, Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and plus, where's all the art done? South Korea? And South Korea's fine now, so. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's the case. It used we, to be a joke. It was a recurring joke in The Simpsons. I don't know oh. where you got that from. So it was a recurring joke in The Simpsons when they would always show that animators would be, like, in a South Korean sweatshop animating The Simpsons. Yeah, no, this is done by the people who do uh, some of the writers who used to be on Rick and Morty. So it has the... Right, Rick, but I mean the, the animation itself. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. So, uh, so good. But leading up to that, leading up to that, just to give ourselves a little bit of a plug, um, we are going to talk about the animated series, the Star Trek the animated series. Um, it's true. In our next episode, and uh, and we'll get a little pumped up for Lower Decks. Right. And what kind of our expectations are with Lower Decks. And I think it'll be worth, um, you know, maybe looking at that unproduced animated Trek series from back in 2006, Star Trek Final Frontier. Oh, right, yeah. 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 So that'll be a smorgasbord of animated Trek. Did you say smorgasbord? Yeah. Why, what is it? (laughs) Nice. No, no, no. Smorgasbord, I think. But you said... Borg. I thought it was smorgasbord. Well, I, I thought you said Borg because I was thinking, oh, Borg, you're in, you know. Oh, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. that's what it was. That's actually, what it was. I was being hilarious and great, calling it a smorgasbord. I don't know what the real word is. Is it smorgasbord or Borg? It is Borg, but I said Borg okay. just because I've said it wrong my whole life, but it worked out perfectly. So let's cut out all the stuff where I was wrong, and I'll just say, ha, I made a portmanteau out of smorgasbord I, and I, Borg. I only know that word, and I've only heard that word spoken once. It's a line in Jaws. That's the that's where I associate that word from. Okay. It's in the beginning. Yeah. That doesn't mean we have to serve them up a smorgasbord. Um. Okay. So lastly, we get the uh, Picard panel. Now the Picard panel was light on news, but heavy on better um, discussions, but still suffered from. The host cutting off actors that were talking, saying interesting things, and you know, shuffling on to the next thing. So, barring any restrictions from filming, they should be able to. I think they were they were originally scheduled to start shooting season two last month, but obviously they can't do that. So, I think right now the plan is to um, begin shooting in the fall for season two. So. Yeah, that's why I would imagine it was light on news. Because um, yeah, I figured I they could have pulled the Discovery and done a trailer, like even though they only would have shot two episodes had the pandemic not hit. But yeah. Yeah, and I think they said something like uh, they think that the the shutdown is only going to make the show better because they only have more times to get the scripts. Yeah. You know, as good as they can be, so that's positive sounding. And you know, as we, I think we are, we are in agreement that of all the seasons of New Trek we've gotten, Picard's been the best written. And the most consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting. Um, I forget who the actor was, but I think it was um, 
uh, uh, Rafi, the actress who plays Rafi. Tell her. Thank you. Um, she was calling Patrick Stewart SPS. Sir Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Yep. And all the other crew, you know, the new the new actors really like that too. Yep. SPS. So they were all calling him SPS through the whole thing. Um, and that actress. Isn't that a sunblock num- thing? SPS. Oh. Is sunblock. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want to go for SPS 50 for pale people like us. Pale gingers like us when we're SPS 50. I'm not ginger anymore. I'm afraid it doesn't matter to your skin. <laughs> I know that. Um, so she was sort of like praising Picard and saying how like it's such an honor to work with him and he's the most giving human being that she's encountered and he's so generous with his time and his spirit and all this. And then Marina Sirtis cut her off and said, stop. We've, we've, we've managed to shrink the man's head down over these years. We've trained him to not be too full of himself and you can't go and ruin it. It was pretty funny because the dynamic between the old cast and the, the new cast was very different. I, I will say, like, I've always wondered, like, how that's going to work out in the future. Like, is the cast of the Picard series, are they just now, like, f- folded into the Next Generation cast because they all work with Patrick Stewart? You know? Well, now they've also worked with Marina Sirtis and yeah. um, Riker. Freaks. Um, let's see. It was kind of interesting. So um, the, the interviewer was interviewing Pill, let's say, and kind of talking to her about this is a different character for her and whatnot. And um, she was saying that the two things that made her want to do the show were SPS and Michael Chabon. She said specifically that she had read a lot of his novels and she felt like uh, having someone that comes from the novel world in uh, running, being a showrunner was going to be a great experience. So that was kind of interesting. Mm. Um, the actress who plays Soji. Yep. So she was talking about the process of playing multiple characters. Now, she didn't know she was playing multiple characters at first. They kind of sprung it on her, suddenly like after they started shooting, which was interesting. How did um, they do that? I don't know. She said, like, well, you know, I was playing the I was sitting like I was playing one character for a while before I knew I was playing the next one. Maybe she meant just like rehearsing one character for a while. Because Dodge died in the first episode, and she was. Well, maybe she means though. I think she meant the um in the what's her name the one with the data skin. Oh yeah 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 I know what you mean yeah yep yeah. Um, so it was interesting. So that was one case where she starts getting into the acting process and she got cut off before she could say anything interesting, but she was headed down an interesting road. And it drove me crazy. Um, and it was very funny. So the interviewer tried to ask Marina Sirtis something, some dumb question, and she just um, like cut him off and started like telling her own story. And then she asked Frakes a couple of questions. So she like totally took over the interview from the the host, which was great, because I think it's just you know that they build up that muscle from yep. being at so many panels yep. that they sort of know what a crappy question is and know what a good question Marina, is. So well, Marina Sirtis especially, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool, but um, you know, no, nothing that exciting from it. Well, it, it was interesting. The thing hear. is, like we we discussed this on the finale 
on the wrap up of Picard season one, like we don't have any indication of where that show is heading. Not at all. Because season one wrapped up, right? We don't have any idea. None. Not even a hint. So except for the, the threads left open where, you know. Right. But are they going to address those? We don't know. Right? We got no hint that what was to come for next season. So, in many respects, they can do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, Yeah. And, you know, as I've said, I feel like we're in such good hands, writing-wise and showrunner-wise, that I'm so excited to see what they want to do because they did well, and I feel they're going to continue to do well. Right. Um, so overall, what is the, what is your uh, what's your feeling about the um, about Trek at Comic Con this year? How do you feel like it? Uh, anyway, I mean, it's kind of a I'd say for me, it's kind of a mixed bag. But at the same time, I don't think I it's it's hard to get in that. It's like a fine line to walk. Like, how do you tell enough but not spoil things? Yeah. So, oh, speaking of which, we never really talked about Discovery. I just have a couple of notes here. So Tilly, the actress, whatever, said how um, she's still. It was interesting. She said like she's. They asked her, you know, she's very obsessed with like being a captain one day. She's still on that timeline. So like, yes, yeah, she is. But because everyone, we're all all the characters on the edge of the unknown. Everyone is changing like what's important to them. Right. So that was interesting, and. One note that I found interesting, I don't have really any specifics on it, but um, I think with Discovery, the actors talking about their characters, I find more compelling than watching the episodes. So they know their characters so well, and they can explain why the characters do what they do, but for some reason when I watch the episodes, I don't see any of that. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I... Yeah, I, I know, I, I I know what you mean. And I think it's a case of the actors are better than the writers. Yeah, because like when Sonequa Martin Green talks about like, oh, Michael Burnham's struggle and she's got to overcome this, and and I'm just like, um, that sounds great. I want to watch that show. Yeah, except <laughs> so, yeah, what episode did that happen in? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I've, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I've had, while I've never expressed that vocally, I've had, the, I've had similar, I've had similar thought. Yeah, so it's I almost like they're good. talking about the show that you're not watching. Yes. Because, I think, but along those lines, I think Shaniqua Martin Green makes Michael way better than the show does. Or the right, or the, the lines on the page do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I loved Anson Mount's portrayal as Pike. He was only there for 15 episodes, and I'm like, give me more. Like, I was totally into it because I thought he did a great job, and he just really knocked it out of the park, right? The one who plays, who you used to call I-Lady, Kayla Detmer, right? Yes. Like nothing against the actress who plays her but like they haven't given her anything to do yet if 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 she died in the first episode of season three i'd be like oh and then i'd be like okay well all right yeah she's one that you know we said like i want that but i want that character to have more to do right so i think the 
I think for a lot of the characters on Discovery, the writing... I think, well, I mean, it's the writing, but also, I think, how good is the actor or actress playing them? Because I have to get invested in their performance as well. It's not just the writing. The actor needs to do a good job as well. Right. The actor has to pull me in. That's and a tough it, thing, and I feel like they're all good actors, but they don't always have anything to pull you in with. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult to... Um, to fully articulate, I just I f- yeah. I feel I just the think, only ones. Yeah. If you think of it as like a trinity, it's Stamets, Michael, and Saru. Those are like the ones that we've gotten to know. Really, yeah. we haven't really gotten to know anyone else. No, but I think to that level. you're right. You're right, and I think I just think there are many factors. Like there there are many factors that factor into all of that, right? Um, so. Yeah, and I and I think, in some ways, not that we're doing it. It's unfair to compare them to the old shows because, like, I, I've seen people in comments be like, "Oh, this isn't as impactful as when this happened on Voyager," and da da da. da. And, I, and I'm just wanting to say, yeah, but you've had 20 years to process what happened on Voyager back. You know, this is this show is only three years old. It's not really yeah. fair to say. And you probably had like a hundred episodes to get to know the character before it happened. Right. But as we said. Some characters like Arium, I mean, that was just. I know. Malpractice. That was character malpractice. <laughs> yes, totally character malpractice. Absolutely. I think it was a decent Comic Con. There was. Um, not much to. Dis- not much for them to really show. Um, pandemic, of course, right? But. Um, they didn't mention anything about any short tracks. Oh, they can't film any. Well, but if we should expect them when, you know. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows at the moment. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for the moment, we do have new Trek to look forward to, and that is in the form of Star Trek Lower Decks, which begins on August 6th. That's just a couple weeks away. It's just a couple weeks away. I think it's. Two weeks away from tomorrow? No, yeah. today. Two weeks away from today? Yeah, today. Today's Thursday, right? Okay. Two weeks from today. Yeah. Exactly two weeks from today. So, um... Well, look forward to our animation spectacular episode. Please and do. we will see you all later. Peace out. Peace out.